welcome to Rocket. I am not Simone de Rochefort. I'm Brianna Wu. <laughs> Trying to fill Simone's awesome, awesome six-inch stilettos of whatever. Uh, I'm here this week with Christina Warren. Uh, what's your title at Microsoft, Christina? Uh, a senior content project manager um, in a division on things that no one understands or needs to know. So just senior content okay. project manager. <laughs> okay, okay. Of uh, things no one needs to... Okay. No, 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 no. I, I, yeah, I work on a product no. called MVA, but, but it's it's within a whole organization. I still don't actually know. I mean, so we'll just... <laughs> I, I, I'm still I'm still learning. Oh, and we're also here this week with Jessica Dennis. Jessica, what is your official title? Is it just Renegade? Like, what is it? Yeah. Well, yeah. technically, I'm a senior software developer. <gasps> yeah. That's good. Very it sounds super That's fancy. Awesome. Yeah. I work on mostly boring things. I should stop jiggling. I have this. I have a different microphone. Like, I didn't. Shockingly, I didn't bring like two thousand dollars. More than that, actually, of, of recording equipment with me. So if I sound like garbage, it is Marco's fault. Okay. Because he recommended this microphone. Well, blame oh, you Marco. sound great. You sound great. What mic yeah. is it? It sounds fantastic. It's the uh, ATR twenty one hundred. I want to say. Okay. Look at this. Yeah. So, um, so before I start today, you know, we had the relay party last night, and. I have to tell you, I think my feelings are a little bit hurt because everybody I would talk to that's a fan of the show, they would just, their first question would be like, where's Christina and Simone? Where's Christina and Simone? I must have answered that question 15 times last night because everybody, like, it wasn't a party without you guys. So I definitely missed, I, I, it's, it's, I'm, I won't lie. It is. Um, utterly bizarre for it to be June in WWDC and not only am I not in San Francisco but like I'm not even a reporter anymore so it's it's weird are you okay are you doing okay (laughs) yeah no 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 it's great it's great it's great it's just it's just weird that's yeah, all. yeah, I can imagine that. So, awesome. Well, uh, like, obviously, the big talk today is going to be WWDC. There's a ton of stuff to go over. Oh, my God, so, so much. Um, yeah, like, and we've got to all get to the talk show party, so we'll, <laughs> we'll do it as quickly as we can. But, uh, yeah, where do we want to start? Like, uh, so, I guess the first thing out of the gate this year was TVOS, um, hmm. of which there was very little There is very little. News, so, yeah. I so so I mean what they announced and and I think we'd even talked about it last week. I mean they've been trying to make this Amazon deal. I know at least on the Amazon side uh, for years. Um, oh. So Amazon Prime uh, is now coming. Will be on Apple TV. Uh, to be clear, that does not mean you can purchase Amazon shows on Apple TV. Uh, you can just if you're a Prime member, you can watch the Amazon programming. That's the same way it works on Xbox. The same way it works on PS4. Um, because how most of those agreements work is that if if the Amazon library of actually buying content were on yeah. Apple TV, then Amazon would have to pay Apple a commission, and they're obviously not yep. going to do that. So yep. so, but the content's coming, and that's a big deal, and it'll be integrated into the TV app. Uh, the TV app is is getting better and more partners. Obviously, the big elephant in the room that was not addressed is that Netflix is is still not part of the TV app. Um, yep. The Amazon app, when it launches, and all they said was later this year, which could mean a lot of things. I mean, I kind of tend to think that'll be fall, but who knows? Uh, maybe they'll yeah. surprise us. Um, but, you know, Netflix not being part of it, I think, really hurts uh, TV's ultimate goals as being a discovery engine. But my bigger concern, I guess, for Apple TV, and I'd love you guys' thoughts, was, was two things. One, that I think they literally maybe spent 90 seconds, two minutes on it tops, right? So, uh, you know, they they, yeah. they, they, they re- literally blew through it. And, and that 
to me is concerning just because I like the product. Um, I, I do think the price is wrong. I think they need to lower the price now that uh, there's really good competition from Roku, um, uh, Sony, well, not Sony, uh, Ro- Roku, um, Amazon, and and some other places. But I, um, you know, last year they'd made a really big deal about single sign-on for yeah. Apple TV. <laughs> and yeah, and, uh, and then it, and it soft launched. It was supposed to launch kind of, you know, around WWDC and they didn't really give us a date and, and they, they couldn't get it together. And it was supposed to be, the idea would be that my biggest frustration with the Apple TV is that when you log in, um, if you have a cable subscription, you've got to log in with your authentication things for every single app. It, it's and so terrible. It's too. terrible. Yeah, and, 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 and what makes it worse is that even with voice dictation, you can't use that for your passwords and stuff. And so, you know, the inner text entry on Apple TV is pretty abysmal. And so that, yep. that they, even, you know, at least now you can use the uh, Apple, you know, the keyboard on your phone and that makes it better. But it's frustrating to have to enter in your username and password 15 times. So the idea was that you could authenticate once with your cable provider. And all your apps would work, uh, but that hasn't really borne out. I mean, when they nope. when they released, uh, I guess the, the the TV app and and the big TVOS update in um, I guess it was um, September at the, at the Mac event. Um, you know, they only had a handful of of partners, and and I've looked at it recently, and it's you know there are maybe eight or nine cable providers that support it and you don't have any of the majors you have direct tv and dish so that's fine but you don't and and, and sling um but you don't have comcast you don't have time warner uh you don't have charter you don't have optimum uh, you don't have uh, a, a, a huge swath of the cable providers and so that makes it yeah, kind of it a downer just wasn't, it wasn't addressed at all it's no like it wasn't said, that's just not part of it so, I mean, we've got so much stuff. We do. We Jessica, move on. Sorry. Do you have, do you know, like, Jessica, do you have any thoughts here? Or do you want to start talking about file systems? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really I, oh, yeah. exciting. So exciting. So, okay. Uh, so I guess, well, before file systems, you know, there was some news about Safari mm-hmm. uh, coming out. And to me, like, maybe I'm just ridiculous. And maybe it's because somebody that works on Safari team was at the relay party last night. <laughs> it was a fan of our oh, show. Oh, Ricky? Yeah, Ricky. He's Ricky, awesome. Ricky, yes, he's great. Yeah. He he. Uh, we gave him a shout out at the live show last year, if you recall. Yeah, yeah, I do. And uh, you know, he was there. I think. I think. Oh boy, I don't know if it was his girlfriend or not. But there was a lovely woman who was there with them. She was great. Uh, but anyway, and she couldn't tell me she works on. But uh, you know, the mm-hmm. Safari team is coming out with uh, basically some technology this year that is going to uh, basically look at stopping super cookies Mm -hmm. on your computer. So basically the idea behind it is, you know, Chrome comes out with this uh, product where basically it's the weirdest Ponzi scheme where Google is working with publishers where they're paying them. So like ethical ads and, you know, then Safari comes out and they're like, well, instead of that, we're just going to nuke uh, all kinds of tracking and autoplay, which I love. So, Jessica, did you have any thoughts on that? That is awesome. Like Safari, yeah. I've I've had a troubled relationship with mm-hmm. Safari over the years. <laughs> I finally, um, with the last major revision, I was able to set it as my primary browser on most of my computers and save a lot of power that way. Um, my battery now lasts a lot longer, but um, it it was. 
it's just never really had feature parity and certainly never any compelling reason for me to use it instead of Chrome. Now, I still like Chrome's Inspector better for my job, but I have to use a Windows PC for that anyway, so mm-hmm. yeah. I'm already screwed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the 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 autoplay blocking, was, I was like... <laughs> I was like ready to have a standing ovation and I was across the street at, at AltConf. So that would have been like extra ridiculous. That is just like the most annoying thing that happens. It is. I mean, yep. And it's always something super loud too. It's terrible. <laughs> You're, I'm like at work and I'm like, no, I'm definitely working. Never mind that horrible sound that just came out of my browser. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Christina, what are your thoughts on like uh, super hookies and tracking? Because I'm super excited about this. Like a lot of the time mm-hmm. I use Tor just because you know, I, I, it's just a flat out privacy thing. It's almost like an ethical thing, but I also worry about how long, like it's going to be an arms race about how yeah. long this will last. So like, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think it probably will be an arms race and people will figure out other things. I'm glad that, that, that Safari is taking the stance. They obviously have very different business um, alignments and business goals than say Chrome does. And so they can make these sorts of statements. Whereas, as you said, I mean, last week, Google announced that um, a future version of uh, Chrome is going to include a, a built-in ad blocker. They're not calling it an ad blocker, but that's what mm-hmm. it is. Um, and and they're trying to kind of give publishers a heads up, and and it'll only be certain types of ads they claim, and blah 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 blah. Um, which uh, you know kind of puts publishers in a weird position because okay, well now you're ad exchange in most cases is and in the browser that most people use to access your content is going to be including enable technology that will block that stuff. I think that's a little more insidious um, than than say, you know, blocking the, the, the super cookies. But you're right. I mean, it will just become an arms race, just as we've seen with bad ads. I mean, bad ads has become an arms race. So I think it'll be whether this works or not will be it'll it'll be up to the Safari team to to keep people, you know, to stay up to date and, and stay vigilant. I, I like I like Safari when I you know use my Mac at home I I do use it I I did get to the point I will be honest you know I used Chrome more um, when I was working at Gizmodo really? yeah, yeah. Well, well when I worked at Gizmodo the tools that we had for our CMS frankly worked much better in Chrome and was optimized yeah. for Chrome and yeah. that you need to use what you need to use and and uh, the lack of extensions I think can be a good thing in some cases but it can also make it harder to do other stuff and so you know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for what they're doing. And, and I'm glad that, that they're continuing to make these advancements. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. For me, I'm Jessica, I'm just like you. I prefer Safari. Uh, though, Christina, I've run into your thing all the time, where, like, especially election stuff, a lot of these systems, like, require you to use Chrome just because it, it runs better and Safari isn't supported. Also, because I refuse to install Flash, like, right. when I have to use Flash, I go over to Chrome because, uh, you know, it's built into it there. Um but yeah, I think um, I think Apple should give Ricky like a team of ten very very <laughs> gifted people to run this arms race and uh, yeah, keep Safari uh, make Safari great again. So <laughs> so uh, let's talk about uh, you know uh, the new version of Mac OS. Like this is very exciting. Though I think it's fair to say there weren't a lot of uh, new features that were announced by this. So like let's start with the name like Mac OS oh Mac OS High Twenty High Four Twenty. Four twenty. Four twenty. Yeah. I mean, I, that, like that, that, that was my that was yeah. my tweet. I tweeted, uh, and I was yeah. actually pretty proud of it. I was like, you know, uh, hi Sierra, everyone download, you know, everyone upgrade at four twenty. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I was pretty proud of that tweet. But no, I That's mean, it's good. it's, it's uh, no, it's I mean, it's following obviously uh, the same roadmap they did. They started with with the Snow Leopard, and uh, and and then you know Mountain Lion, and and now we've got, we're at High Sierra. So they're doing these talk releases, and and that's 
interesting. Um, you know, but it's, it, it is kind of weird, though, in in a sense. Um, and we'll be talking more about the Mac and all the new hardware stuff they announced. But it, I want to get you guys' perspective. To me, it feels like, and I'm not trying to say Mac OS is dead. I'm not saying that at all. But it feels like at this point, Mac OS is feature complete. And they're just making little tweaks. Because if you look at the trajectory of the systems, I would say going back to Mavericks. Uh, but, but you know, certainly with... with um, you know, um, Sierra last year, now with High Sierra, the the changes have based. Uh, so it was Mavericks, El Capitan, uh, Sierra, now High Sierra. But I, yeah, I would go back to Mavericks, and I would say it feels like they've just been kind of, you know, putting finishing touches on things, and it feels in some ways not dissimilar from what Windows kind of a- a- approaches with Windows 10, where they just release like a, a new edition every year and, and are kind of building on the same core things. Whereas in the past, you used to maybe even when they did have that, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, TikTok release cycle, you would have some really huge user-facing features. And certainly there are some enhancements that are coming, but it feels like the OS itself is basically done. And and they're just kind of, you know, adding new frameworks, adding new APIs for developers, adding new hardware support. That stuff is all great. But the, the core of it itself, it feels like it's basically done. Yeah. I, I Well, I think as computing evolves, sure. like they made some big bets on AR. I mean, we don't know if that's going to be part of it. But yeah, I, Christina, like, I really agree with that. I am happy about it. Just in the sense of what I need for my Mac is, you know, things like OpenGL to not drain my battery as much. So <laughs> having like metal too, that's exciting for me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, file level, uh, you know, they also announced a new uh, file system to replace HFS. And uh, I'm, I have not I don't even know if they've announced it, but I'm waiting to look at you know, some WWDC content, really deconstructing uh, the file system. There wasn't really anything in the State of the Union that I saw, though I did miss a bit of it. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the new Apple file system, this mm-hmm. is very exciting. Because uh, according to what they said, like, you know, encryption is built right into the file system level. And that is unbelievably big. Like, yeah. that is... That is a core foundation of security that you need in 2017. So um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to shop the odds yet because we don't know, but you know, what I've seen uh, seems to be very, very promising on that. And, you know, as I said on rocket last week, encryption and security, that was the main thing I wanted about WWDC. So, I mean, Jessica, what were your thoughts on that? I just really hope that now when I open a finder window, it will list the mm-hmm. contents of that folder <laughs> right. within a reasonable amount of time, like instantly yeah. would be nice. It's That's just been getting worse and worse. And it I've has. been getting newer Macs. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, um, I, I, I also think it's I, I think it's smart, you know, that they were able to almost kind of do the sort the test bed with with APFS last year yep. um, on the yep. iPhone and kind of get used yep. to it, and, and then before moving people to um, you know on on Mac OS, I do I do wonder. I mean, they're making this sort of thing, and I'm sure they'll have all sorts of backward compatibility layers and things like that. But it'll be an interesting transition to see what they'll do and how it will. And I'm sure that it'll continue to read and write to HFS plus drives just fine, but I'm sure that there will be edge cases and and workflows that, that, you know, they'll need to figure out, especially if you've got, you know, an array of machines and one is running, you know, high Sierra, one's running Sierra, one might be running something else and, and how it's going to deal with that data. Or if you've got, you know, a whole array of, of, of drives, um, that that are running HFS plus and 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 how that will handle everything. I'm 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 interested in learning about those edge cases, but I think that you're right, Bree. Like having encryption built at built in at the file system level is great because most people don't have um, 
uh, file vaults enabled and you should, but, but it can take time to do and people don't do it. And so I think having it in, done that way from the beginning um, is, is really great. So, you know, um, we talked, I think it was on last week's show or the week before that, you know, uh, uh, American Kingpin, you know, the book by uh, Nick Bilton yes. on, um, you know, cryptocurrency and Silk Road. The way they were able to build that case against him is even though he had an encrypted computer, uh, the password was saved in RAM, uh, his password, purple, orange, right. blue, uh, was saved in RAM completely unencrypted. Uh, you know, so like this is where it's really important to have all of this, like that that root level where you can get around it. Yeah, so, I agree. I, I do yeah. wonder from a user facing perspective, and again, like I haven't looked at the docs or anything, so I don't know, but I, I do wonder if there's anything, any downsides to doing this from a user experience perspective, just in case, okay, so what if I forget my password? How can I access things? Because at least right now, when it's not encrypted, if you have file vault enabled, it's a different story. But if, if it, because it's not by default, you know, I can go back in and as an admin, I can access the other user accounts on my, on my machine and I can, I can get the data or I can, you know, pull the hard drive or, or, or the SSD module and I can pull it. And so as you wonder what that will do for that sort of data recovery stuff, um, I, there's a trade off, obviously, but I do it, but because Apple is such a consumer facing company, I have to think that they're thinking about, you know, the, the, you know, millions of questions they must get if somebody's calling and being like, I've locked myself out of my Mac, you know? Yep. 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 I couldn't agree more. Well, I think uh, unless you guys have other thoughts, like uh, I think that's sadly it for Mac OS this year. Uh, so, Jessica, you've got you've got an Apple Watch, like you know, so Watch OS Watch OS four came out that was announced. Um, yeah, there was a, a lot of stuff just like fitness push, mm-hmm. and you know, in particular Siri, <laughs> some of the new uh, the new faces for it. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, do you disagree? I mean, I think some of the faces look good. I think my my friend Chris Bell at Mashable tweeted, "What year is this?" When they were showing the Toy Story face, and I kind of oh, agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't mean about that. Yeah, but no, I, the Siri I, face looks good. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The Siri face, like I would love to. Like I go to the gym at the same time pretty much every day. So like to look down at my Apple Watch and like have it predict that, I don't know if it'll actually happen in reality, but I think (laughs) it could be cool. So, I mean, Jessica, what are your thoughts about it? I don't know. I I, so I use the watch face that has like the most complications because I just, I love complications. So I'm using the <laughs> modular one and it's yeah. like a child. I use multiple colors. It's, I have the ugliest, like any aesthetically inclined people would be horrified at my Apple watch. And also like, I really extra don't care about all of the workout stuff. <laughs> I, I am a cupcake. And if it, honestly, if it weren't for my watch's reminders to stand up every hour, I would sit perfectly still at my desk (laughs) for like 12 hours at a time. But like, so this, the idea of the Siri face is cool, but like, I want to see the weather always. I want to see like my rings always and all the other crap that I have always showing. And the Siri, like, I, I don't, I frankly, I don't really trust Siri. Like it just, it's just not that good. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Christina? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I kind of am with you in that, and that I, as I always give Siri a chance and then it doesn't ever seem to kind of live up to what I want it to do. I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about the Apple watch. I'm glad they're kind of making these changes, but again, it kind of feels like, um, I'm, I'm not, you know, they made a, a, a bet a couple of years ago on where they thought Apple Watch was going to go, and it didn't go that way. People aren't developing an apps for it. In fact, apps are leaving the app store for it. And and instead, people are really focusing on, you know, fitness and uh, notifications and, and that sort of thing and kind of core stuff. And so I think doubling down on that is probably smart. Um, but I do kind of wonder, like, 
I, I'm going to be totally honest. I mean, I've I bought my Apple Watch two years ago. I wear it every single day. I'm actually not wearing it today because it didn't charge. It wasn't plugged in correctly, and yeah. I I felt naked all day without it. Having really? yeah, I have. Having said that. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to buy another one because I know they'll come out with an Apple Watch 3 in September and I'm sure that it'll be a redesign and it'll look good. But I don't know if I can justify spending another $800 on a watch and maybe I'll get the Sport and that's cheaper or whatever. But like still, you know, I don't... So I'm at a weird point where I'm going to use this one until I can't use it anymore, but it's slow. And I don't know. I, I look at this new you know, watchOS 4 stuff and I'm like, I'm sure this is just going to make it slower. And so I, I have concerns. You know, um, I, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with the platform going forward. But these these look like nice enhancements. But um, I feel like – I don't know. I'm, I, I really hope – unless the redesign is something really spectacular, it's going to be one of those things where even though I wear mine every day – I basically just use it to check the time. I don't use a lot of other stuff on it. And 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 so and if I if I'm evaluating what I'm going to spend my money on, I don't know if if in 6 months that includes buying another one. Yeah. No, I have to yeah. agree with you on that, Christina. Um, yeah, for me, I like my Apple Watch, but it's like, you know, if I left the house uh like on this trip, I didn't bring my Apple Watch and you know, like I wouldn't I don't really miss it when it's not there. I, I really like it for checking my heart rate. Um, it's really good to listen to music uh, with over Bluetooth in a pinch. Uh, and I like it because it helps me not miss meetings sometimes because <laughs> I put it in there and that buzzes. It's like, oh God, I've got to go. Um, but yeah, Christina, I'm right there with you. Like I'm going to use mine until it breaks. And you know, if I'm slow to replace iPads, I'm going to be that much slower to replace an Apple watch. And maybe that's the way it should be. You know, maybe it is something you get five, 10 years of use out of, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I have to say another uh, feature of it that, um, and forgive my memory, but I can't remember if this happened at the keynote or the state of the union, but uh, was the safety light for Azure running at night. Um, and I really, really like that. What it does is it makes the uh, watch face like light up as you're going as like a safety light. They said that was coming. Um, oh, that's cool. So, yeah, I like that, though. Like they showed like a gorgeous woman out running mm-hmm. and like the idea. OK, yeah, gorgeous women can go running in the dark. <laughs> like, you know, like that's, uh, that's something you think twice about at least. But uh, yeah, no, I, I would worry though about the screen like going dead in like 30 minutes. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Apple Watch, right? yeah. Not to mention so, it's an OLED screen. So yeah. you've got a finite number of times you can actually activate those pixels and yeah. like your your battery. My understanding, and as a non-worker outer, I, I have only read about this, but my understanding is during a workout, your battery goes like down immediately. And if you're lighting up your screen at full brightness the whole time, I'm like, okay, is the next Apple watch going to somehow miraculously have a much better battery (laughs) that the technology isn't there for? Like, does it have a tiny nuclear reactor? How is this going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, any more thoughts on the Apple watch out? No. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm sorry. We're zooming on through today. All right. iOS 11. 
iOS 11. There's a lot of really huge news here. Um, so, you know, for me, I think this is such a superficial change. But the thing I'm most psyched about is a single control panel screen. Yeah. Like, right? like control center screen. Like, so if you didn't watch the keynote, uh, the way that this works is it's going to be back to a single screen and you 3D touch on it. And if you 3D touch on it, it blows up and you get to go to uh, further settings on it. But I mean, uh, you know, Christina, I know Grant is technological and, you know, but for me, like Frank has gotten <laughs> confused so many times on that control center screen. And I'm like, baby, it's two screens back and forth. So I think this will be much better for normal people. Yeah, I agree. And I like that you can <laughs> customize stuff. So I haven't put iOS 11 on my phone yet, um, uh, mostly because like, I have to use my phone as an authentication thing and I'm not sure if like group policies will even allow me to have a beta and I'm not going to bother with that. But I did put it on my iPad and I like that you can customize, you know, what shows up. That said, can we talk about the design? Because yes. because it's not great right now. No, it's not. Like I, it's going to change obviously, but right now it is – everybody's making fun of it and rightly so because it does yeah. not look good. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Uh, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't quite call it visual terrorism, but it's oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, yeah, we're going we're going hard today. Some designers uh, crying in Cupertino right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys, it's it's. Sorry, we love your other work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, there were a lot of other changes, too. Like, one of the things I'm excited about is uh, video editing on, uh, you kind of more baked into iOS 11. I mean, I don't know about you all, but I, um, you know, I kind of dread going into the iMovie app. So mm -hmm. anything that will let me kind of do that at a system level, I'm just, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. So I did any of you have thoughts on that? I'm too big a jerk to ever try to edit videos on my phone. I'm too, everything, everything has to be way too like precise and I have to do it on, uh, ideally in Final Cut Pro, which is iMovie plus yeah. plus on my Mac. All right. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I kind of, I kind of uh, wonder yeah. where it fits in, you know, on like with the clips app that they just, you know, sp you know, touted and whatnot, you know, like where does that even fit into this? Was that just kind of a one-off project or what? So I don't know. Yeah. I have to think it's coming. Like, um, yeah, we, uh, and this kind of ties into Apple Music. So, you know, they made a bunch of uh, you know, changes to Apple Music. But one of the big things is it's going to – like they're bringing back Ping. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh my God. Right. They are. They're totally bringing back Ping. And so my thought, like just to give people background on this. So uh, basically what will happen is like let's say I buy some embarrassing, terrible mm -hmm. like band. Like I, I don't know where they're going to get the friend data, but – probably Christina is going to be able to see that and like make fun of me for it. So, I mean, yeah. How do y'all feel? That is my concern. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you can at least make it private. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so like happy about that. And I don't even care if people know what trash stuff I listen to. Cause I, 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 I I'm, I'm very comfortable with my musical taste and people all the time on Twitter when I'm like, uh, especially when I was in New York and I would like be walking around and be like, here are my subway tunes. People are like, Oh, share what playlist you're listening. I'm like, this is the one that Apple music creates for me. All that said, I, I hate to be like a Debbie Downer on this, but I, I cause I'm going to say this uh, a bunch of times about other things we talk about, but I'm wondering like, is this too late? Like yeah. I almost feel like the, the, the socials ship, for the music stuff 
has sailed. And and you also wonder, how are you going to find friends? And what, what mechanism are they using for that? Are they using Find My Friends? Because if that's the case, it's not going to work. Are you using who's in your address book? Because I don't really love that either. So I, I'm not even sure. I haven't played around with it enough. Like, how is that happening? And how are you discovering people? Because if they're trying to create their own social network without using <laughs> any existing graph, I, I kind of feel like it's a non-starter. Like Spotify, I don't use the social features on Spotify. And Spotify has five times the users. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm at least open to, I, I want to be able to see what Brie listens to and let her make fun of my <laughs> taste. I'll make fun of hers. Like I, I we'll and, just all judge each other. Well, I'll judge each other. And on, honestly, yeah. I, I think that there are some interesting ideas for some maybe group playlists and things like that. Like we could make a, a rocket group. Like there are some interesting ideas and I'm not opposed to it. I just look at this and I feel like you should have had this a couple of years ago. And then, as you said, this really is just bringing back ping, which didn't work the first time. And and the thing, Apple's great at a lot of things. I think we can all agree that one of the things they are not good at that they don't have a core competency in is social. And so I, I don't, I just don't know how well, how it's going to play. Uh, no pun intended. I just, I can't wait. Cause like, y'all, I'm going to be completely straight with you. And I shouldn't invent this on the air. I listen to some of the trashiest, like most most misogynistic gangster rap in the entire world. Hell yeah, and that's I love good. It. And I love it, and like just utterly disrespectful. And I'm just waiting for like you know all that information to be out there, and like some <laughs> of my friends are gonna rat me out. And it's gonna be a Boston Globe story about all the completely trashy stuff I listen to. So. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, anything else with Apple Music? Uh, how do y'all feel about iMessage? Uh, you know, they're talking about basically having all your messages sync up. Uh, <laughs> one of my big, uh, actually the reason we don't usually use Rocket to, uh, don't use iMessage to play in Rocket is because it's so unreliable uh, for syncing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because throughout my day, I go from like my iPhone to my iMac, uh, you know, to my iPad. And I just can't trust that we're all seeing the same message. So, I mean, how do you all feel about that uh, feature? If it works, that's great. You know, I mean, if, if it works, that's great. I, I I don't use iMessage, you know, at work anymore, but but I, I you know, use it on my phone all the time and, and I use it at home. And and so if it works, I'm, I'm all about it. Um, I am a little miffed that they are still trying to push the iMessage apps thing because that hasn't really taken off the way they thought it was. And now it seems like they're just making it more prominent rather than like everybody's like, we don't use these. And they're just like, no, but here are the icons. I don't know. I'm actually more excited about the money to money transfer stuff. I think. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Honestly, I'm more excited about that because I use Venmo all the time. uh, And basically everybody in my world has a Venmo account, but I know that there are plenty of people who don't. And if I can just do it in iMessage, that's even better. So, uh, you know, at the Relay party last night, there were uh, several people there wearing uh, Make It Weird t-shirts. And I'm like, okay, well, I've got to pay you some money. you got to buy you a drink. (laughs) And I tried to except the bar, like Mike Hurley on Relay had already paid for everybody's drinks. Mm. So there was no way for me to buy them a drink. If I'd had iOS 11 on my phone, I would just like, you know, give them $5. Like, here you go. Thank you very much. So I get to hope I run into them at the talk show tonight so I can uh, fulfill that promise. So, yeah, I think it's a great feature. Um, Awesome. Uh, This is kind of more on the Mac OS side. So... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of related to it, but like, let's talk about metal too, and you know, some of these uh, technologies there. So, um, if you didn't watch the keynote, um, I was really surprised at how much time they spent 
really dedicating it to uh, Apple's core uh, 3D technologies. Like yeah. this also followed through to iOS 11, which is going to get uh, Metal 2. But, um, you know, like this is, I was, I was really surprised by it. Like mostly M2 and the frameworks around that. It seemed to be like, to me, I, I'm kind of torn on it, Christina. Because I think we can say OpenCL was kind of a failure, you know? Yeah, like this I agree. Is the idea of using people's GPUs for additional processing power. I never in my life have ever talked to any developer that's tried to use that ever. And they're bringing out, uh, you know, M2, which is a complete set of frameworks mm-hmm. that is really, it's, it's interesting because it's rivaling a lot of uh, Google's machine learning um, machine learning uh, algorithms, but uh, yeah, it's like all kind of tied together. So before we get into like the AR stuff, like Jessica and Christina, like what did you all think of that? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's filling a kind of a big hole, focusing on anything to do with GPUs. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, I actually do know somebody who uses uh, Metal for doing calculations. Um, he, my friend uh, Joe Makarowski, with whom I do the podcast Ruffled Feathers, uh, creates. He mostly does it on um, iOS, but he every now and then makes photography apps. So he's really taking advantage of the computational stuff going on to like one of his one of his apps, like un um, Instagrams photos, <laughs> which is just the cutest thing. Um, and so, I mean, I think it's great because our GPUs. Well, okay, so in the Windows world, in the PC world, our GPUs are like these amazingly powerful things, and um, Applications like Adobe applications take advantage of that. Uh, and on the Mac, we haven't been able to do that. So the fact that now we can is like awesome. Yeah, definitely. Christina, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think uh, it, it's definitely good that they're they're going this direction. Um, I kind of saw it, and you know, and again, like I, I don't want to be too down on this this stuff. I'm I'm hopeful that 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 their entrance into machine learning will be positive and that their that these sorts of frameworks will work well. Um, they don't have a lot of uh, you know credibility so far in this in this area. The way I saw it more, and we'll talk about it more as we talk about some of the hardware products. I really kind of saw this as, and I'd love your, kind of your perspective, especially uh, both of your perspectives, but you especially, Bree, since you've worked with graphics so much. I really feel like this is them kind of acknowledging that they've forgotten about certain classes of their users for a few years and that haven't been served, and the people who have wanted to create specific types of content or have wanted to do specific types of computing haven't been able to use their platform for it, and now they're trying to kind of say, "Hey, don't, don't, you know, forget about us. Uh, we're, we actually do care." <laughs> so it, it it feels kind of almost like a whoops we're sorry for the last you know x number of years. Years, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, I mean, I mean, especially I mean, metal too. I mean, I think this isn't directly related to to what's so, to some of the the a um, AR and VR stuff, but it, but it is a little bit right. And, and I mean, I think the fact that they're finally finally acknowledging that there's this whole class of, of people who are p- putting any of the, the, the big the bigger data stuff aside and and, and putting aside what, what Microsoft is doing and, w- and what Google is doing in, in that space um, just the fact that they're actually acknowledging uh, albeit uh, late that people are wanting to create you know uh, you know computing stuff and in, in, in content or, or or other stuff use use computers in a certain way and that they didn't have a way to do it on the Mac um, and and that they've had to kind of say okay we're we're here now, or we're going to at least try to be here, and we we want to play in this sandbox. Um, I, I I don't think it'll be too late, but I also feel like it is. They are getting into this space a little bit later than they probably should be. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I mean, I have a lot to say about this, and you know, 
all respect to the guys over at the ATP podcast, you know, I saw their show live yesterday and I, I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of the Mac press has really kind of misunderstood metal too, and a lot of the hardware to come around uh, the AR stuff. So um, I think a lot of journalists don't understand just how incredibly deficient Apple's native <laughs> tools are for 3D graphics. Yes. And this is a really good example. You know, my studio, Revolution 60, we made that with the Unreal Engine. We had to make it with the Unreal Engine, for which we paid them a small fortune uh, for the license to, because Apple's tools were just completely inadequate. Right. Like basic things like spec maps, um, you know, they kind of have normal mapping, but like complex 3D polygonals or importing FBX, like you just couldn't do it back then. And even today, as SceneKit uh, has, you know, expanded, it's still baby talk compared to the rest of the industry. Um, so, you know, you've got metal, this is alternative to, uh, you know, OpenGL, and it's good, but it's also the kind of this hyper, um, this hyper specific uh, thing that only works on, you know, Apple stuff for, for you know, something's not really market for because it it's been ignored for so long. So, you know, Christina, the way I read so many of the announcements, Metal 2, um, a lot of the M2 frameworks, uh, depth perception, AR kit. The way I read this is Apple building a floor. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, you, and I say this with all respect to everybody that works at Apple, but you can't make professional products easily on Mac hardware that right. involves 3D, a really Agreed. good example. Like if I move a box mm -hmm. in a scene and if I just change the light bake for just that level, it's going to take, uh, you know, like my MacBook Pro, it would take that two hours to recalculate all the light. That's just not a tenable production pipeline. So, you know, what I saw, and we'll get into this with the iMac Pro, but everything here was them building a floor so they could have developers come in and be serious about 3D. And I don't know how, like the only way I can read all of their announcements, including like external Thunderbolt support for external mm -hmm. GPUs. Like I read this as, dude, we're building a AR product to yep. take on HoloLens. Yep. And we're starting to build the floor of the house so we can start to do that. Because if they had debuted the pool today... You couldn't have built anything with it on an Apple platform. I agree. You know? I agree. Yeah. Well, I agree with you 1,000%. Like, I couldn't agree with you more. I was watching this, and I was saying – I was thinking to myself two things. I was like, one, they're coming out with, with – with, they want a HoloLens competitor. That's one. Um, I, and two, there are it's, – it's, rec it's recognition, which is what you said earlier, which is that people can't do 3D stuff, and people certainly can't do AR and VR stuff um, on a Mac right now. Um, even putting aside some of the hardware uh, constraints, which have, have been alleviated with, the, with, uh, with, with some of the announcements – as you said, the tooling just wasn't there. So you'd have to go into Windows if you wanted to use um, Mac hardware to do any of that. And, and if you're going to do that, you might as well use, you know, less expensive components. So um, to me, I think you're dead on. Like it, this to me, it, it absolutely foretold. Yeah, they're, they're building the floor. They are coming out and, and um, they want people to develop this content. Um, I guess my question is for you, Bree, 
obviously for whatever Apple AR product or, or you know, uh, VR product or whatever it is they end up doing, um, these tools and this, that this will be kind of the, the framework and the way to do stuff and the fact that they're announcing, you know, Unity support and, 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 and uh, other um, uh, uh, Unreal support is all great. Um, but I wonder for people who have existing AR and VR workflows right now, uh, VR yeah. especially, right? Um, uh, put, putting AR, AR aside for a second, but talking VR specifically, is there? An, I don't think there's any compelling reason, at least right now, unless you want to be ready for Apple's platform for anybody still to be using Mac OS and using Generally. Apple's tools versus Generally. what you're already doing. Because every, they're because, like you said, they're building the floor. And it's like if I'm trying to produce VR content today, okay, it's great that finally some people on a Mac might be able to use it, whether it's through a Vive that might get Steam support for some stuff or you know Apple's you know headset whenever that comes out. Uh, but for the audience that's already out there. They don't. They're not using a Mac, and my tools work better under Windows, and so I might. And I have better GPU support under Windows, so I might as well be using that. And there's no rational reason for me to see as a, just as an outsider to say why would I use these frameworks and use these toolkits when my existing tooling works better. Yeah, that's dead on. I mean, in Mac OS, not to mention the 3D apps, right? Right. Like Unreal Engine 4 runs much worse on Mac OS. You know, um, you know, Steam runs much worse on Mac OS. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, how about just 3D apps? Like, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Mac still isn't on uh, you know, Mac OS. Maya is pretty good, but, you know, it's not the only tool out there. So, yeah, um, you're dead on. The only reason to really go buy this dev kit would be holy crap, um, Apple's going to be making an AR product and I want to start getting my things ready. Like I would be porting Rev60 over to you know, VR and AR for an Apple platform. Um, that's what I would do if I weren't running for Congress. But uh, yeah, this is this is like something's coming to take on HoloLens. And you know, I, I want to say this really openly, I think HoloLens is the most exciting product uh, that is made by any technology company right now. Um, like I'm all in on it. And I, I do think that most of the applications with it are going to be more commercial, but mm-hmm. I think that Apple coming through and using AR kit in a way where you can, like, you don't have to go buy some fancy visor, like anyone can hold up their phone and get a part of it with the camera. I think that's really the key to this whole thing because it will allow like then you've got billions of users rather than thousands of users. So um, yeah, I think it's a really exciting step forward. Uh, Jessica, did you have any thoughts on that? I've been kind of blabbing. So. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm such a crank that I like have no use case for AR. So other than like, <laughs> will this sofa fit in my living room? Maybe. Yeah, so, yeah. So I have no useful thoughts on that subject. Yeah, yeah. Do you like space pirates? I don't know. I've never. Okay. <laughs> well, if you saw a space pirate, then you would know how important it is to shoot them. And that is quite fun well, to do with five. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, my 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 best Vive experience was playing Job Simulator and throwing oh. my stapler at my yep. coworker robot. Yep. I mean, which is, I mean, it's one of the greatest experiences. I do have to say, uh, from the, the 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 guys that made that game, um, Alchemy Labs, um, yep. the guys and gals, they were just acquired by Google, but they made the Rick right. and Morty. Really? Yeah, they was acquired by Google, like I want to say three weeks ago, and yep. uh, um, they made the Rick and Morty VR game, which is amazing which takes it's kind of like job simulator but in the brick and morty universe it's amazing 
I need to try that before it gets too hot for me to use the Vive. It's fantastic. Which is a real thing. It is. It is. In my life. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. This week, we get to talk to you on the show, right, Simone? You're going to be here? Yeah, you get to talk to me, the one and only me, who is never on the show. You're never on the show. So I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what, what are you looking forward to the most about talking to me? It's it's always like a dream come true. But what I was hoping I could get this week was a really tight, hot Simone de Rochefort ad read. Could could you give Simone that de Rochefort to me? always gives it tight and hot. That's right. Me. That's right. That's okay. the way I like it. Come on. So who's, hey, yeah. Did you know that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace? Oh my god! And that you can enter offer code Rocket at checkout to get ten percent off your first purchase. Oh my goodness! Have you ever heard such a thing? I've never heard of Squarespace. This before. is the first time, the first one and only time that I'm telling you this information. No, you know what happened, Bree? I actually finished uh, a story submission this week, and I, I sent it in. I'll hear back in twelve weeks. But the thing that I'm most excited about is that if it gets accepted, I will be able to update my Squarespace website. <gasps> oh my yes. god, it's a dream! You know that's what I live for. You know that's why I was put on this earth. You too can make your next move with Squarespace, the service that lets you easily create a website for your next idea, whether that be your own uh, hot, tight <laughs> novel that you just wrote. Or, uh, I don't know, maybe you have a blog about WWDC. That's topical. You're posting photos of all the, the sick new iOSs uh, that I know a lot about. You can do that. You can make a Squarespace website, post whatever you want. Maybe it's an online store. Maybe it's a portfolio. Maybe it's a blog. You do all that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades that you need. Squarespace has all of that covered, and they have award-winning 24-7 customer support. If you need any help along the way, I'm trying to go hot and tight you know, for y'all, because I know <laughs> you, you want to get back to that good, good old WWDC That's it. news. Well, no. I mean, my mission this week is to work on my fan site for uh, its fanfic of Simone de Rochefort writing what? stories about demon boning. So, yeah. You're like, writing like, stories about me writing stories about boning demons. That's it's fan fiction about it because I know I'm going to write fan fiction about you doing that. Okay. That is my fantasy. Well, we can both open up Squarespace uh, sites and it will be great and it will not hurt our careers at all. It'll be great. Amazing. I won't need Squarespace's tw- award winning 24 7 customer support because I am very well versed in the ways of Squarespace. But perhaps you, Bree, uh, you, you might log into their their wonderful FAQ or you might even chat with someone on their, their chat service. Who knows what you'll do? You could also grab a unique domain name on the way uh, and you can look at all their beautiful award-winning templates that are super minimalist and, and pretty. And so you can properly display the beautiful words that you are writing about my writing about my writing. <laughs> <laughs> how hot and tight this ad read is i I think that this is a this is going off the rails this is a very special one it's very special simone i'm just i'm waiting i'm waiting for the day for squarespace to call relay and just be like we can't be associated with them anymore (laughs) it's not good i'm sure i'm sure there have been uh worse ones than this Uh, please squarespace (laughs) please don't let me go i love you i know that your plans start at just 12 dollars a month and that you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And then when you decide to sign up, you can use the offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase. And then you'll show your support for us on ROCKET, and then Squarespace will say, okay, even though Simone is really weird, I guess she can re- keep reading our ads. 
reading is a really loose interpretation of what I'm doing here. <laughs> I, love I actually don't know how to like read. Writing it all out ahead of time, so it's all just like there's a team of writers working on this right now. So, all right, all right, we need to get to WWDC news. And oh my God, Simone's walking away. We're gonna have to find a last minute host somewhere. Oh no. Bye. So let's move on from iOS and yeah, metal and AR. Um, let's talk about hardware. Like, let's talk about the sexy stuff. Um, you know, Christina, I almost like every time they said KB Lake at the keynote, I was just imagining Christina Warren taking a shot. So, <laughs> totally. Are you are you happy? Oh, I'm you, so happy. You, how do you feel about? It? Yeah, uh, I'm excited about a couple things. One, I mean, yeah? yes, finally. Um, my uh, <laughs> my my friend and, and former colleague Alex Kranz was very upset because she bought the MacBook six months ago and she wrote a rant. Oh. She wrote a great rant about how she was like, I'm mad. And, and I totally understand her mad, her anger. And I love a good, like early adopter rant. I've written a few myself in this case. I'm also totally, I, this was the right decision. Um, uh, I was, I was hoping they would do this. And frankly, I hope it's a return for them to the cadence that they used to do pre say 2010, 2011, where they used to update at least twice a year, the product yep. lines. Um, because, you know, KB Lake is, is a significant improvement for battery life. I mean, for, for, raw computing because i've benchmarked a ton of laptops uh, in the last six months um you're not going to really see a difference but but for battery life you most certainly do and so i think i'm very excited about that the bigger thing though i think that the kind of was overshadowed by everybody focusing on the kb lake and the bigger thing is the fact that they now have a starting price of 12.99 for, oh. for 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 the 13 inch um it doesn't have the touch bar but it has a starting price of 12.99 and uh that's incredibly important because that's been my number one complaint about the MacBook Pro beyond even the fact that you were paying so much money for uh, last year's you know for for older hardware like that was like insulting but if but na- but it was you know and it's less insulting if at least it's the latest hardware uh but now at least they have a right starting price point so I was really excited by that but KB Lake it's about time I mean, yeah, you know, I, 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 I mean, honestly, if it were, if we're, if I'm going to be brutally honest, I understand that the, the, the way that the cycles work, they might not have been able to get the, the stuff they needed, but Dell and HP and everybody else could have KB Lake laptops out in October. I don't understand why when they were designing the new Mac, MacBook Pros, I mean, and I don't pretend to understand the business things. It's not really my job, but it, it, it strikes me as being like, a, I don't know. I, I don't think they ever should have released it without it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, are you, the last time we did a show together, Christina, you're talking again then iMac. Are yep. you, are you I still am. thinking about that? I, oh, yeah. I, I most definitely yeah. am. So uh, I, especially, so they they made, you know, the uh, I'm not going to get the iMac Pro. We'll talk about that in, in, in a few minutes, but. They did upgrade the the iMac line, both the twenty one and a half inch and the uh, the the twenty seven inch, and the twenty seven inch um, is the one that uh, I want to get um, because I can upgrade the RAM on it myself. Um, but you know, having even being able to get a video card with eight gigs of RAM is exciting, and yeah. having the latest stuff and having two Thunderbolt three ports is really right. great uh, to me. But it's and still having the legacy ports too. Like to me, it just feels like this is going to be. Um, a desktop that I can have for for five or six years. So I'm definitely getting one. Um, we move into an apartment in Capitol Hill at the end of July, oh, or like the oh. like. And uh, so I think my like, you know, congrats, Christina, on on your new life present will be mm-hmm. an iMac, a new iMac. And uh, yes, I will probably dual boot it to run Windows 10, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just so I can do some work stuff if I need to. But um, I'm I'm very much looking forward to getting the new iMac. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, with the MacBook one, you know, the 12 inch yeah. MacBook, I am, I'm trying to figure out 
What? What's the sign for, Jessica? Well, I really want to want one of those. It's yeah. they're, so, they're pretty, so pretty, especially. Pink. Oh my god! Give me a freaking rose gold MacBook Pro, and I will thank buy you. three of them. God, I will yeah. buy three thank of you. them, but I will buy one. I will buy one of the silver ones. But anyway, why could they not be pink? I agree. Um, but like, it's so I I want to want the because it's so small and so light, and Beautiful. like so right now I do everything on a MacBook Air on um, an 11 inch MacBook Air from 2013, and it sucks and it's terrible. Um, so the MacBook would be awesome. And I was like, oh my God, yay, do, uh, external GPUs. That would solve so many problems. Except that the MacBook One still doesn't, it doesn't really have Thunderbolt 3 ports. It has USB-C and that's different and it's annoying. And like that would have solved such a big problem for me, but I can't do it. I can't buy the beautiful rose gold MacBook One that's small. Why? Oh, well. Uh, so, I mean, for me, I like I'm recording uh, Rocket right now on a MacBook One. It's my workhorse for travel, um, you know. And but my thing is, it's too slow, mm-hmm. and it's always been too slow. Always. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I was in the Apple Store the other day, and yeah, I, I took it out, and I got the high end model. And I ran Geekbench on it, and you know, honestly, the the 2016 update is barely any faster. Uh, the top of the line uh, is barely any faster than the top of the line from 2015. So um, I kind of don't know what to do, but uh, like wait for this model to come out and see what the reviews are and see if it's substantially faster and, you know, look at, uh, and look at getting one. But it's, it's really weird for me, Christina, in a week where they, put out all this really heavy duty hardware, like the $600 uh, dev kit mm-hmm. for Apple. Like you can spend $600 and they'll give you a, uh, an external GPU box that will work with your MacBook pro and you can hook your vibe into it and like do AR development. I really want to buy that. But the sad part is running for Congress and she this most relevant is the MacBook one. Right. And that's so sad. Like, well, you know, I've made some poor choices clearly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you. Apple made the poor choices. Yes, yes, that's true. It's just like, is it so much to ask to have one computer to do, you know, like, I don't want to have a MacBook One and an iMac and spend five grand or more, probably more, knowing me, all together. So speaking of five grand, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) thank you for that great segue. All right, this is this is the most exciting part of the show for me. I mean, oh, yeah. What do what do all of us think of the iMac Pro? Um, so should just be rose give, gold. Yes, should, should, be, should rose be rose gold. gold. Absolutely. <laughs> all gold. of that space gray color looks amazing. I won't even oh, lie. It's like sex. Like like like, awesome. like I want yeah. the rose gold, but I I'm sure that they will have a way to sell that keyboard and mouse separately, or at least they should. They better, and I will buy it. Yeah. Maybe same. no. Watch them not. Watch them not. Watch them. But but, but like maybe you'll need replacements. I don't know. Like I really want that that um uh, you know uh, space gray magic trackpad and extended keyboard. Um, God, it looks so good. Even the magic mouse, like the whole, it just looks so good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Jessica, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. So I mean. I, it sounds amazing. I have no use on earth for all of that. <laughs> I will, but I, it doesn't make me not want one because it's so pretty. But so like, pretty. I have serious, serious concerns about cooling. Yeah. Um, I, iMacs have always had cooling problems from the first, well, ever since, yeah, I don't remember if the Lamp Macs were, um, but the like the G5s would cook their hard drives. All of the um, current form factor, they've always had cooling problems. And 
I've been assured that it's better, that it'll be fine. But I'm like, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, I mean, they had this great gif that they even had on their press page kind of showing how they're doing the cooling stuff. And who knows if that will be adequate for all this power or not. I will say I've worked with people who have basically used 5K IMAX day in and day out for video editing and lots of computing stuff who haven't had issues. But I understand your concern um, for for sure, especially with that amount of money. I think um, I what I kind of want to understand from you guys, and I kind of made this mistake too. Um, at first, I was like, well, is this going to be the new Mac Pro? And then everybody was like, no, 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 they told Gruber. And it wasn't just Gruber. It was like Gruber and <laughs> five other people, you know, the the right. the, the, the the anointed press, um, you know, it would be modular. And then they said in the press, Apple itself said in the, in the press statement that there will be um, a modular Mac Pro coming. What I want to know, I guess, is how long this has been in the works and what this means for how long um, people will have to wait for the real Mac Pro. Because, uh, because I mean, again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are on parallel courses and the, the, the new Mac Pro, will, the modular Mac Pro, will be out early 2018. Um, but this is coming out in December. And so what that says to me, and again, I mean, I, I don't know anything. This is just, you know, me just trying to analyze the situation and, and using common sense. But it says to me, this isn't going to come out until December. Um, so, you know, which is the same thing they did with the original Mac Pro, where they announced it at, at WWDC, and then it came out in December. And I assume that that might in some part be based on Intel's cadence for for the Xeons. Uh, I'm not really sure. Um, uh, but you know, that to me in, implies I, I would be very surprised then if we saw the modular Mac Pro until either very late 2018 or maybe even into 2019. I don't know. Um, you know, but, but, but this kind of seems like this is the stopgap. And yeah. um, I think that for a lot of pros and for a lot of video people and people who are going to – it seems to me very obvious that they are primarily aiming this device at people who are creating VR content. Um I, uh, I, I'm curate or people who are up or doing other kinds of, you know, heavy video workflow things. I'm, I'm very interested to see what their response will be and to see how they think that it'll fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, because it certainly is very powerful and, and they're, they're, you know, the fact that it can have up to 128 gigabytes of, of, of RAM is huge. Um, the, the fact that they are doing, you know, a, a hundred, um, you know, um, uh, 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 or 10 gigabit, sorry, 10 gigabit Ethernet jack built in, you know, is huge. Uh, the 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 I/O stuff is impressive. I mean, this I I have absolutely no reason to have a, an iMac Pro, um, <laughs> but I as I tweeted on Twitter, I was like, I do not need an iMac Pro. I, I was like a mantra. I'm like trying to convince myself because you know <laughs> I I I would love one. I have I'm not I'm going to get a regular iMac. I'm not going to get an iMac Pro. But it it looks like this is one hell of a machine and the irony is that the iMac which a lot of people you know uh, the, the the marcos of the world had, had moved from you know the, the the trash can mac pros to iMacs because they were better pro experiences now this is that on steroids you know um so i don't know so i mean that's it that's definitely it and yeah you know, like there's a version of this that comes with 18 cores the only person on earth that needs an 18 core iMac is somebody doing VR development. Right. Like, that's it. That is the only possible, like, I don't care how much Mathematica you run, like 18 cores is like this for light mass cal. Like that's it. So, um, yeah, I really interpreted this as the machine that they were putting out there for people like me, people to do mm-hmm. AR and VR content. Uh, but Jessica, I am right there with you with your extreme concern over the thermals. Sure. You know, my, my Mac Pro, every year 
I will take it apart. And I mean, really take it apart, you know, like pull all of the GPU, the RAM out of it and just like get a vacuum cleaner and just get all the dust out of it because you can't have a machine like that. That's just churning calc all day long, like running up heat bills. Like I don't even run the heater in that room over the winter because the macro is always going running light mass builds. So, um, yeah, and I wonder, I just, with no way to take the Mac, uh, the iMac Pro apart and really clean it with 18 cores, I just don't see feasibly how that can bring enough cooling into it, even with server quality parts into it. I just, I, I can't understand how that wouldn't be a poor design choice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely with- does with cat hair and catch fire probably yeah <laughs> i mean yeah so yeah i mean i, I guess you know i want i wonder like what environment they're, they're anticipating this to be used in but i think that's a valid concern you know i mean like <laughs> clean rooms only well i mean yeah. I, well i mean it might be i mean may, maybe not clean rooms only but i think that people who are going to be buying this you're dead on brie it's, this is vr people and or people doing very high um you know um uh 3d heavy you know of uh, video content of, of some sort um and uh but you're right. I mean, I think for those reasons too, it means those people are, especially if you have an 18 court unit, you've got to make sure your thermals are completely fine. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we'll see how it, how it plays out. Um, I, I'm, I don't think I'm as concerned as you guys, but I, I also don't have as much institutional experience as you do with, with um, stuff overheating. But I, I would, but I would definitely say that that has to be a huge concern. And, and the, I mean, the, on the plus side, these are, as you said, Brie, you know, like, like, you know, uh, enterprise, you know, server parts. So yeah. they're made to withhold things a little bit better, but it's still, it, it's, a, it's a very valid concern. Um, I mean, yeah. I think the other thing, so I, I want your take on this, uh, Brie, you know, um, Apple's love of AMD continues, um, <laughs> even though NVIDIA is, in my opinion, far superior on, on a lot of stuff. What do you, how do you feel about that? Does, does that hurt them in, in your mind? Or does that, does that make this less competitive? The fact that this is going to be a, a Radeon Pro Vega? Yeah, I don't think there's any different. There's any doubt that NVIDIA, generally speaking, puts out a better uh, product, right? Uh, but I think the hardware software integration, you know, the hardware integration with third party parts matters a lot more. If they have a good working relationship together, it's nothing that can't be overcome. So, uh, yeah, all things being equal, I'd rather have NVIDIA's products in there, but yeah, we'll, we'll know once Ars Technica does the deep, uh, rundown of them. Like yeah. We'll know if it's really going to be worth your money. So, you know, there it is. I, I would say that, like, I think if you looked at, um, I think if you look at the last Mac Pro and the graphical subsystems and that, it ended up being a pretty well-made system for ZBrush. Sure. And, you know, I think that will follow uh, through here. So, all right, we are coming up at an hour, so we probably need to go ahead and wrap on up. I guess uh, the no, last do we, do we, thing, we, we yeah. need to talk about the iPad Pro. Yeah, iPad Pro, and then we're going to talk about the uh, the HomePod. Of course, so, yeah, iPad <laughs> Pro. Because I owe you uh, dinner, Christina. You owe me dinner. I owe you dinner. Well, I sure do. I was I was hoping Simone would be here this week because we could uh, go down through all the rundown. But my recollection of what we said on the show. I think we batted a hundred percent, or am I mistaken about that? We were wrong, I think, on the iMac timing. So, on the iMac timing, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. were wrong on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of we we, we nailed the, the the Mac stuff, the, the non iMac, the, the MacBook stuff, we nailed that. But uh, yeah, no, I was, uh, I absolutely owe you dinner. I, I will, I will, uh, <laughs> I will, I message you. 
yeah. money. Um, yeah. Comes, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, the, uh, the iPad Pro, um, th- so they got two of them, you know, it's, uh, the, the, the 10.9 is replacing the 9.7 and, and then a new 12.9 or the 10.5, I guess, is replacing the 9.7. And it's so funny because I'm now using a Surface Book at work. And it has the same, you know, 3-2 um, ratio that the new iPad Pro will have. And I do have to say, I really do like that screen ratio. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a good decision. Yeah. Um, Jessica, what were your thoughts on it? I want a 7.9. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I want a new, because I have tiny little hands and I can hold my my iPad mini 2 in one hand and it's great. And I just, I'm so sad that there, it seems like there never will be another one again. But I understand that this is wonderful for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, uh, the last iPad I brought was the iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. And guys, I'm not going to lie to you. My main use case for it is watching watching Homeland and 24th Gym. (laughs) Right. While I work out and do free sell at the same time, if I'm on the stair stepper, um, awesome. I've spent a lot of hours doing that. Um, but it's it's unwieldy to carry around. Yeah, it's huge. Um, it's huge, and I just um, you know, like I'm probably going to buy this when it comes out. I think there will be a better form factor. Jessica, like you, I'm a really big fan of the mini, but uh, you know, like the. I'll need to see it in the Apple store and in person, but it, it seems like a good uh, compromise. But like, as long as we're on the iPad, like what do all of you think about like the, the software changes for this? Cause I saw Frederico at the, uh, at the relay party. He was like, this is his day. Oh yeah. He was so psyched about it. But yeah. What did you think about that, Christina? Well, so it's interesting. Cause I put um, that, that's what I installed iOS 11 on. It was on my iPad, my 9.7 inch iPad pro. And, uh, be- and because mine is only, you know, a little over, year old i'm not going to buy a new one um i i'd never bought the 12.9 inch um i had some review units that i had to send back and that was just too unwieldy for me it was just too big um i, I like the smaller size better um i uh, i am sad that i'm I, and despite it coming in rose gold everybody's like oh we'll totally buy the new rose gold 10.5 inch ipad i'm like no my my ipad pro is fine thank you um mm-hmm. in a couple in a couple years sure but um no, you know, the software uh, changes they made are really good. It's funny, Tom Warren from The Verge mentioned, and he's right. He was like, oh, you know, they've kind of taken some Windows 8 ideas. And, and Steven Sanofsky, uh, who, of course, <laughs> ran the Windows 8 stuff and, and now works at Andreessen Horowitz, was responding. He was like, yeah, and they, you know, Microsoft took that stuff out of Windows 10. Um I would say the uh, implementation is totally different, but the ideas are actually pretty similar. And and that's kind of interesting to see that in a lot of ways, I think, especially with the lower refresh time uh, that they have with the Apple Pencil now, that I think that they are really positioning the iPad Pro as being a more direct, you know, Surface competitor. Um, and and that's interesting. I think that and, – and in a lot of ways, I, and I, I don't say this because I work at Microsoft. I have nothing to do with the products <laughs> at all. I'm just disclosing that. But I would say this – I would have said this a month ago. I, I But I, I do think that that kind of validates the fact that, you know, people who are – have – you know, the Microsoft who didn't get tablets right at, at all at first have been able to carve out a really good niche in, in that kind of the professional space and that Apple is now kind of in some ways following, you know, and, and, and it's kind of saying, okay, actually, you know, people aren't buying tablets the way they were anymore. Um, we need to, you know, kind of reposition the pro to be more Mac-like. And I think that's the right decision. I think that making the software much more Mac-like, which I wasn't expecting because instead, you know, we, we, going back to, to uh, Lion, 
you started to see the kind of the iOSification of, 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 of uh, macOS. And now you see the inverse. You see the macOSification of iOS for iPad. And I think that's a really good move. I think that and uh, it, it kind of recognizes that the paradigm they'd kind of created for the iPad as a, when it was primarily a consumption device doesn't quite work in the pro um, arena, especially as as they're trying to kind of position the iPad Pro. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have to give a little bit of shade at Apple uh, at Microsoft, or at Apple on Microsoft's behalf, Christina. They had a line in the keynote that was saying that the iPad Pro was the, the best and the most powerful tablet it's in like, class. No. It's like, no. And I'm like, come on, guys, there's a Surface Pro, which I'm sorry, like the iPad Pro is a powerful tablet. It but, is. It's not. Like, it's, come on. It's not. Like, yeah, that's just, I mean, like, I was thinking through my mind, how could they make that statement true? Like, it's the most powerful tablet in class that's not running an X86. Exactly. You know? Like, that's, I mean, I honestly, yeah. honestly, I think that's how they probably rationalize it, is that it's the most powerful not running um, an X86 and that's still technically running a mobile operating system. Like, look, I mean, if you want to compare it, because because for real, if you want to compare it, and it's not even just the Surface stuff, if you want to compare some of the things that other people are doing that are, are running X86s and that are running Windows 10, they're going to be more powerful. Like, will people enjoy the experience as much? I'm not saying that. and uh, But and not only that, though, but like Windows apps you are going to let you do a lot more things than, than some of the stuff you can do for iOS apps. That's just a fact. You know, you, you there's, can, there's Illustrator, there's Photoshop. Hey, that's what I'm there. saying. You, yeah. can, you have, yeah, you have um, like native Adobe tools that you can run on, on your Surface that you can't do on your iPad Pro. Um, that's not to say that you can't get a lot of work done on your iPad Pro, but it's different. And, and so I, I agree with you. I heard them say that. I was like, yeah, that's an asterisk. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Thanks, guys. Um, Jessica, did you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's fantastic. Like, I really hated it when Mac OS X seemed like it was merging with iOS. But now that iOS is kind of merging with, I mean, I'm somebody who bought a, a tablet PC in 2003, and it was wonderful. And then I used my husband's Surface Pro 2 when I was in grad school to take notes, and it was wonderful. So to have, like, an actual Apple device that can fill, I mean, I guess I don't really have that use case anymore. But if I did, I would be so super stoked to have um, the new iPad Pro with the awesome pen support. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, um, to me, what I saw from the keynote with the iPad Pro was... I saw them really looking, or at least the OS level, to make the iPad Pro compete with the Surface more mm-hmm. as far as being a pro machine. And some of the features like you know, multiple drag and drop and like the permanent dock down below or the handwriting stuff with the camera. Yeah. I mean, that is awesome. Like I'm sitting there using, totally. looking at that and I'm like, I want that so desperately. <laughs> so I, I think, uh, I think that's great, but I also think it doesn't solve the problem with the app store, which is oh, you yeah, know, no. developers yeah. can't make money by developing iPad pro apps because Apple hasn't really worked that ecosystem. And the truth is there's not a really, you know, final cut pro level, um, you know, movie editing uh, option on the iPad Pro. You know, the drawing tools are close, but they're not Adobe style. So, you know, it's close, but it's it's like they, they're getting closer and closer with the operating system level, 
but they're still going to have that software deficiency. Yeah, no, I, I 1000%. I mean, this is a problem we've talked about repeatedly on our show and we talked about it at last WWDC and and that's, you know, Apple keeps making the all these they make the hardware great and they keep doing all this stuff to make things more powerful, but because there's no incentive and as much as they talked about, you know, at the keynote how much, you know, developers depend on apps and they talked about the redesigned app store and all that stuff. The fact of the matter is is that it's really hard for a lot of developers to make a living off the App Store. And there hasn't been an incentive. They haven't, in my mind, done a really good job kind of convincing people to create, you know, first-party tooling or third-party tooling, I guess, is, is, is second-party maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, for specifically for the iPad Pro that really takes it to that next level. All right. Uh, so if there are any more thoughts, I guess we'll close with the one more thing. Yeah. Uh, so HomePod, uh, I'm assuming yeah. everybody that's listening to this has heard this. It's a, it's a, um, Apple competitor to Alexa. Um, interestingly, perhaps because they know Siri isn't <laughs> going to be a full fledged enough feature to really, uh, sell a $350 speaker. Um, they really went on on sound quality. Uh, and, you know, from uh, everything I've read and people that have tested it, it seems to be uh, from sound quality level, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Verge looked at this and uh, a lot of the technology in it is uh, bouncing the uh, anything that's not the vocals off walls to make it sound like the whole house is very full of music. And then you know, aiming the vocals uh, towards the center of the room. So um, I'm going to just be honest. I'm completely going to buy one of these. Uh, Mm. I'm all in on Apple Music. um, And I want to, when I'm cooking Blue Apron for Frank, be able to say set a timer for 10 minutes, Siri. But yeah, uh, what did you all think about Jessica? Yeah, a hard pass on the HomePod. I have no use for that. Wow! Well, wow. sort of negative. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, no, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 tell us why, though, because I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely interested in, in, in what you're. I just don't like play music when I'm in my house normally. I don't. That's just not like a thing that I do. I, if I wanted to set a timer, I always do that on my watch. My the Apple Watch. The one thing that it is superbly suited for is tea timers, because that that's like the thing that I use my watch for the most, oh. other than telling the time is tea timers but um i just like i don't i don't want an alexa i don't like one of my coworkers writes apps for the google home and he's like he thinks it's just the greatest thing that it'll tell him on his way out like what the traffic is going to be and i'm like i don't care i don't care what the traffic's like i'm just going to get in my car drive the same way i always drive and it takes as long as it takes but uh i just i don't know it's just not for me all right, Christina, what are your thoughts? I'm kind of conflicted. I, I think the price is, is insane. Um, am That's I going to buy one? Yeah, of course I'm going to buy one, God. Uh, I, and I need another speaker. Um, like, I need a hole in the head. And the thing is, I, you know, I'm I'm all in on Apple Music, but I like Spotify better in some cases. My husband actually uses Spotify. So I'm in a weird situation there where, you know, family sharing on, on Apple Music is kind of a pain in the ass um, because they make you share an iTunes account and – that ties your credit cards together. And like, the thing is, is that I'm fine paying for my husband's Apple music, but I'm not actually okay with having our iTunes accounts linked to the same credit card because that way if he buys thing, you know what I mean? I just, I don't like that method of doing it. And so, um, you know, I, I wonder how, how it will work with other music services because there are plenty of other, or, or other music apps, you know, will I be able to use it with Overcast and, and, and how will that work? I have a lot of questions. So I say I'll buy it, but depending on the answers, I, I might not, I don't know I'll probably buy it. Um, 
I mean, I'm terrible, but like, you know, look, the speaker quality for the amount of money they're charging, the speaker quality damn well better be good. And, yeah. and, and yeah, they're comparing it to a Sonos 3 and that's fine. Um, I've been looking at getting a Sonos system. I think Sonos systems have a lot of other advantages and again, are much more versatile than what you're going to be getting with a HomePod. I think though, uh, I mean, it could be good. I mean, I, I hope this doesn't go the way of the Apple Hi-Fi, uh, but again, this is one of those things, especially when they're coming in at this premium of a price point. I do have concerns because Siri, as much as they kind of focused on it, um, let's all be honest, is not that great. Amazon stuff is is far superior. Uh, Google stuff is better. Um, Cortana is better. And and so, you know, I don't – I know that they're trying to improve Siri. It, it damn well better be good is all I'm saying because if you're going to be spending $350 on something like this and you're trying to kind of make it the center of your home and work with things, it better be $350. It better – I mean – it better be two hundred dollars better than, than than an Echo, and I I, I fear um, what I would have written if I were still a journalist is I would say, even though I'm probably going to buy one and I think a lot of people will want one, I don't know if coming at this price point with a feature selection that's so that other than than um, you know sound quality doesn't seem to be demonstrably better than what Amazon has, and in fact in some ways seems quite frankly behind what Amazon has. I don't know how this is going to play at the holiday season. Like a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably really interested in a HomePod. Um, but a lot of people who made the Echo Dot the number one, you know, best-selling item on Amazon.com over the holiday season are probably not going to. And if you're looking at trying to build, you know, skills for these things, again, a lot of the, the um, you know, Alexa skills aren't great. And I'm not trying to say that they are. Uh but they at least have a library of people who are wanting to build for it. And I don't know how easy Apple's going to make that for Siri. They've mm. historically kind of been been more difficult when it comes to doing that sort of thing because of their commitment to privacy, which is great and which I really respect. But it makes things like this more difficult, right? And 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 the HomeKit, it's the same thing. HomeKit, it really kind of lags behind a lot of the other standards because they care so much about privacy and um, you know user data. I really respect that. That makes it harder to do. So I, I look at this and I think, gosh, you know, to be to cost this much money, this really better be demonstrably better or at least, you know, show its worth. And the only thing we've seen so far is that all the press accounts say that it sounds great. They put everybody in a room and, and let them listen to the competition. And it's great that it sounds better. Uh, I think that uh, as, you know, Apple, frankly, kind of taught a lot of people Sound quality is not everything. Otherwise, if, if it were, people wouldn't be using the AirPod, the earpods, excuse me, the earpods that the wired ones that come with the iPhone. You know, and that that's the most popular earphone. If people really oh. cared, if people really oh. cared about audio quality, they wouldn't be using those. So, I in the home, it, it's kind of a similar situation where I don't think anybody's buying an Echo Dot because it's got great audio quality they're buying it because it's 100 because it's 50 bucks and because they can hook it up to another speaker you know you 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 get a sonos because it's a versatile system that will let you have you know pump wire music wirelessly throughout your house and it works with a ton of different sources if if um you know airplay this will support airplay too so presumably you can be able to you know pump stuff in from your apple tv and your phones and and that sort of thing and that's great but again you know um if this is only going to be a device that works best with Apple products, and that in that case means Apple Music, I feel like they have a really limited audience because yeah. most people listen to multiple music sources, and and uh, many more people are subscribers to Spotify than they are to Apple Music. And so, I don't know how well this is going to do. I'm probably going to buy one, um, but, <laughs> but, 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 but I, I'm, I'm, prob- I'm probably I'm probably going to buy one. 
Yeah, I'm going to. I I think, and maybe I'm just projecting my own opinion into this, but for me, you know, I have been buying iTunes songs since, what year did that come out, Christina? 2003. 2003, yeah, um, for a long time, a long time. Same. And I'm so invested in that ecosystem. When iTunes Match came out, I had my legal government amnesty <laughs> from Napster stealing, of which I did a ton. And all those songs became legal in like Apple Music. I love Apple Music. I listen to Anna now every single week. It's my highlight of every single Sunday, Saturday to wake up and go for my run and listen to her show. So for me, um, you know, I do. I'm willing to plunk down for a couple $300 speakers, $350 speakers to put through my house to like have audiobooks playing through my whole house easily or or music when I'm listening to it. And I do use Siri. I never use Siri on my Mac, but right. like if it was in my home, like I would use that quite a bit. So, um, you know, I have never used Alexa even once. Uh, like in the like consumer sense, because the developer experiences I've had with it have really paralyzed me over security concerns. And I just would never have one in my home. Sure. But to have this product with, and they didn't talk about the privacy, but I'm going to give Apple the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And assume they're using you know, differential privacy and other algorithms to really anonize anything I'm asking for. Um, I just, I, I think, I think this is, this is more of what I want. I don't want a cheap speaker with no privacy. I want like something premium that I can really enjoy. So yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, uh, the fact that it looks like Hal, which Gizmodo pointed out, I kind of, I kind of (laughs) appreciate it too. I kind of appreciated that, but yeah, no, I mean, I think it, 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 uh, they, they have a, they have a shot here. Um, it, I just, gosh, that price point. Yeah, it's really expensive. All right, so that is it. Uh, Christina, where are you up to this week? Yeah, getting settled into the new job, um, watching TV, and um, oh, we got a car. Um, and uh, got a car. We got a car. Yeah. What kind? What? So we got a Volvo. What? His name is his name is Yellow Melvin because our Volvo oh. in Atlanta's name was was Melvin. So this is Yellow Melvin. It's it's a um, a, a Volvo um, station wagon. And uh, it's kind of an old beater, but he's he looks the color is fantastic, and uh, my husband's very very excited. So <laughs> why did you go with Volvo? Um, well, we were looking at a bunch of other things because we had a really good experience with our old Volvo, and uh, it's my husband's money in his car, so he can buy what he wants. Mm. Um, yep. But yeah, no, we, we we like Volvos, so so far so good. Um, it's a good car. Can I be honest? I. I literally know nothing about Volvo. I've never driven one. I don't know what their reliability. They're really reliable. Like, I mean, they're yeah, really reliable. Yeah. You know, they're, oh. this is Swedish, and and they're they're reliable. This is um this one is it looks very European because it's kind of a smaller station wagon and and a, yeah. it's smaller than the one that we had when we lived in Atlanta. But it's a good car. Um, you know, my husband's gonna have to do some work on it and whatnot. But it was it was inexpensive, so we just paid cash for it and and it's uh it's great. Uh, so we have a car. We have an apartment. We'll be moving in um, at uh, June twentieth. Um, uh, excuse me, July twentieth, uh, Capitol Hill. So um, uh, slowly but surely, building a new life for myself. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So I have to tell you, Christina, I really have. And I'm not just talking at the relay event; just walking around. I've had so many people tell me they they really miss you being here this year. So you know, like. Uh, 
I, I know you gotta go do your work there, but uh, it's just not the same without yeah, you. Yeah, and, and ho- hopefully, you know, uh, I, I know that our, our, our friend Virginia, who who also works at, a, at at Microsoft, she was at AltConf. Oh, and, she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she, she she's a program manager on Azure. Um, so who knows? You know, uh, I, I don't know what I'll be doing, and, and you know, can't speak to whether I'll be able to be there in the future. But um, I, I certainly hope that I can I can come back at least to some of the AltConf and. and layers types events in the future so but 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 i definitely missed everybody this year it's been very it's been very odd to be not at wwdc for the first time in like seven years (laughs) yep yep jessica what are you up to this week have you have Uh, you had your all comp talk yet no that's tomorrow oh my gosh what time what time 10 in the morning okay uh i won't be there then because i'm gonna sleep (laughs) this morning so maybe i will be i'm still like on that weird like uh you know east coast time so yeah yeah. kind of me too yeah yeah um awesome so what else uh anything else fun um well let's see yesterday my i mentioned earlier my friend joe um and i released our oh fun fact so we kind of like preemptively well actually marco on um because i was in the atp live thing and marco said that there had never been a an apple wireless keyboard with a numpad which is false there was one it was horrible uh, it was it was yeah. the first uh, Apple Bluetooth keyboard that came with some um, iMacs back when the, everything was white. And it was a dreadful keyboard, but it did exist. Um, <laughs> so you can hear us talk about that on uh, the most recent or possibly second. No, it'll probably still be the most recent uh, Ruffled Feathers. Oh, and I bought a domain name. Um, so that's at uh, ruffledfeathers.xyz. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Uh, you yeah, for thinking about holding uh i'm probably going to have to expand it to two wonder woman screenings this week yes. at wwdc so, so good. i'm going to put together doodles it's so good i've already seen it oh, but like baby. i want to go see it i want to see it with like my my friends here at wwdc but like what's amazing is like i want to see wonder woman and i tweet about it and then i'm getting all these angry emails and messages <laughs> like well, don't you think you're like justifying Israeli-Palestinian aggression? And I'm like, what? oh my God, what am I even <laughs> stepping into here? So it's just going to be friends seeing Wonder Woman. Like I'm not taking any stance on, you know, any political <laughs> opinions anyone has on anything about that. But yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, you know, I'm just going to keep uh, talking to friends and uh, you know, doing my networking thing here. So uh, gosh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, I've got I'm speaking at a high school graduation next Monday. That's I believe awesome. it is. That's so, cool. so weird to me that anyone will want <laughs> to come because I was a terrible student, like really bad. So that's very funny to me. Uh, so awesome. Christina, where can people find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters uh, and the Instagrams and the Snapchats. And uh, yeah. Jessica Dennis, we are forever in your debt for stepping <laughs> up last minute. Thank you so much. People should follow you online and where can they find you? They can find me at Jessica Dennis on Twitter. Okay, awesome. Uh, you can find me at Space Cat Gal on Twitter. Uh, you know, we love it when you rate and review the show. And I have to tell you, Christina, like, you know, there are times that I'm plagued with self-doubt. And, like, after listening to ATP Live, which, you know, it's really, that's one of the very best shows. Yes. And I'm sitting there listening to that show, and I'm like, you know what? I think Christina and I, we we do a good job talking. Like, we're just as geeky and technical every week. <laughs> Absolutely. Really 
that. So, yeah. So, uh, if you love our show, please rate and review us uh, on iTunes. It helps people find the show. And with that, uh, this episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.